What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. This week, I don't have an actual format. We're really just going to freestyle on a certain topic today, and that freestyle is what I'm sure all of you have already heard about by now. It is that MJF promo. We talked a little bit last week during the Double or Nothing review that there was some issues with MJF going into that pay-per-view. He had no-showed the FanFest event. Apparently, it had a plane ticket for himself to, to leave Las Vegas that night. And uh, also, the reports were saying that he showed up to the venue right before the show started and left shortly after his match happened. So, a lot of people have been speculating, you know, how much of this is a work, how much of this is a shoot, is he actually on the outs with AEW, or is this some elaborate plan by Tony Khan and company to really get us invested? Regardless of if it was an elaborate plan to get us invested or not, it's exactly what it did. It did get everybody invested. Everybody was talking about it, and that got amplified the following episode of Dynamite whenever MJF comes out to the ring and cuts his very own pipe bomb promo. And a lot of people have been calling it a pipe bomb, just like they called the the CM Punk promo the pipe bomb back in, I believe it was 2011. There was a lot of similarities between those promos. I actually saw somebody make a little clip video where they showed comparisons between the two promos. And there was actually a lot of lines at the beginning of MJF promo that were almost verbatim exactly what CM Punk said in his. And at this point, we all know whether or not this started as a shoot or if it started as a work, it doesn't really matter because now we're in work territory, right? You know that because this took place on the show. If MJF was actually that bad on the outs with Tony and Tony did not want MJF to talk, he wouldn't have fucking sent him out there. He wouldn't have advertised it on social media, all this other, you know. It's so wild that so many people are still, I've I've heard so many people asking that question, oh, is this a work? Is this a work? If it happened on the show, it's a fucking work. But that's an interesting topic, though. You know, you hear you hear about work shoot promos or people working themselves into a shoot, or in this case, I guess shooting yourself and it'll work. But a lot of people talk about these because it's it's kind of unfortunately the easiest way to really get fans invested because we're at that point now where everybody watching the show is smartened up. We all understand that this is a scripted form of entertainment, and the early days, the 70s, 80s, even before then, not everybody knew that. So you didn't have to resort to things of this nature to get people invested. But God damn it, does it work? You know, it it really does. Just like we talked about the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. I had really not been watching wrestling in general very much around 2011. I had been watching Impact a little bit before that. And then around 2010, 2011, after the the Hogan-Bischoff regime started in Impact, I had even started not paying very close attention to that show. And I definitely was not watching the Fed, but I was always very interested in CM Punk. And then CM Punk cut that promo and really broke down that fourth wall. And that's something that, you know, you didn't see on WWE programming, at least not since the Montreal Screwjob, which... That's another one right there, you know, maybe not necessarily a promo, at least not to begin with, but you had a a screw job finish where Shawn Michaels locks in a sharpshooter on Bret Hart and the referee calls for the bell even though Bret never tapped. 
and that's that's an even crazier thing to think about like in this 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 uh this industry where it's all predicated on these fake wins and losses and this one guy who is pretty sure that he's supposed to win this fucking match, at least that's what he was told whenever he got out there, in the middle of the ring in front of thousands of fans, finds out that he's not winning the match. And that's even odder to me than a promo. But it's something that I really wanted to talk about this week. And it's something that I don't know if a lot of wrestling fans quite understand it. So much of what happens in this business is rooted in a shoot. And it's something that I know that it might not seem that way until something like this comes rolling around, something that's so obviously rooted in a shoot. But just being in the locker rooms that I've been in for the last year and a half, I see it. So much of what people come out to the ring and say is based on real life shit because professional wrestlers and people in the professional wrestling industry are some of the most overdramatic people you'll ever meet in your life. I I think that's why I fit in, if I'm being honest with you, because I'm very overdramatic myself. But it's, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody else's stories here, but I do have a story of my own based on a work shoot that I didn't get to do, and it's something that I wanted to talk about here on the podcast so much. And I had dropped hints about, you know, this 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 exciting new venture that I was hoping to do. I haven't done it yet, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it right now. I won't go into all of the details because I hopefully will in the future still get to do this, but I, I probably won't get to do it this way. Whenever I went to South Carolina for Christmas last year, and I did a, an episode about it, my, my Christmas in South Carolina when I was there for WrestleForce, when I got to the building that day, Bob Keller had told me that he wanted to bring me into WrestleForce as a heel manager. Now that made my fucking day because I absolutely love doing commentary. But if I'm really, really being honest with you guys, I would just absolutely love to cut loose as a heel, you know, because it's it's so much more fun. And I don't get to do it on commentary, even especially with Lariato commentary, because kind of how everything works is is Bob is the, the guy that leans heel. Brett's the guy that's, you know, very neutral. And then I'm kind of the baby face of the tandem. That's just how our dynamic works. So I'm the problem with being a babyface is you're very stuck in what you're allowed to say. I'm a very sarcastic individual naturally, and I can't really be sarcastic as a babyface because that is a heel attribute. I have wanted so bad to just get in the ring, microphone in my hand, and just cut loose with a fucking heel promo and just fucking bury the whole town. That has been a dream of mine, and it was looking like it was going to happen, and we talked about who Bob wanted me to manage, and we even talked about my first promo, how we were going to set up me coming in as a manager. And the first part of the promo was basically going to be me coming out to the ring while Bob and Brett Wolverton did the pre-show, and I was going to get upset because I was not officially booked on the show, and the only time that Bob actually goes out of his way to book me on a show is whenever Brett can't make the town. That is exactly how I was going to start my promo, and that is 100% rooted in a shoot. I've talked about on here how I made my debut with Bob Keller at Lariato Pro in Rome, Georgia. The reason I was at that commentary booth is because Brett wasn't booked on that show. And there was nobody else to do color, so Bob came to me. And if it wasn't for Brett not being on that show, who knows, guys? I might not be a fucking color commentator right now. 
So it's 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 very much rooted in reality with that. And then not to mention my debut in WrestleForce, like I just talked about, in South Carolina on Christmas Day. Brett couldn't make it. Brett had obligations with his family because, I mean, it was fucking Christmas Day. Most people did. But, uh, you know, that was going to be another contention. You know, hey, fucking the only reason you ever booked me here in WrestleForce is because Brett couldn't make the town. And while... There is obviously no real bad blood there because obviously I love both of these guys. We do work together all of the time. I just worked with both of them last night in Lariato. But it is still rooted in a fact. While I might not feel the way that my character would have felt in that time, it is still very much a hell of a coincidence. You know, the only time you fucking call me is whenever that guy can't be here. And we had some other... Some other workshoot aspects we were going to work into it. I'm going to hold off on those because I actually still hope to get to use those in the future if and when I do finally make my managerial debut. But that part, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna, if we're gonna go full force with that one. If we do, and you happen to be at a show when I cut that promo, you'll have this little bit of inside knowledge. But the only reason I wanted to bring that up is because, like I said, I don't think people quite realize how important this this work shoot relationship is with professional wrestling but this is by far from the first time we've ever seen this on a on a huge promotion like this you know i i remember a long time ago i talked a little bit about impact in those those waning years for me 2010 2011 2012 around that time kurt angle was in a story with jeff jarrett where Jeff Jarrett had married Kurt Angle's ex-wife Karen and Kurt was actually forced to to be the best man at the wedding or I don't know if it was a wedding or if it was like a vow renewal thing or whatever but Kurt was forced to be in that best man area and that was one of those things that was really hard to watch for me because that's very much real life Karen and Kurt got divorced she married Jeff Jarrett and now they're rehashing all of their dirty laundry on television. And regardless of how much of it was a strict shoot, how much of it was more in work territory, sometimes it can be very uncomfortable to watch. Situations like with what MJF did, I think that's the best way to do it. He took an issue that had to do with him and the promotion. He was reportedly not happy with his current standing. Like he said in his promo, other people are expected to hit home runs. I'm expected to hit grand slams. And if you really look at it, if you really go back and look at the history of this company and you look at every feud MJF has been in, he's not really wrong. You know, he's he's always gone out there and done the best job that he could possibly do with what he had, regardless of who he was feuding with, and regardless of who wound up on top, he always went out there and absolutely fucking crushed it. He understood his assignment 100% of the time. And, you know, if it's true that he was frustrated that all these ex-WWE guys are coming in and taking up all these big money contracts while he's still sitting there stagnant on a similar deal that he's had ever since he started with the promotion, I fucking get that. I 100% get that. 
you know, I, another thing I can, and, and this is something that I, I've told people before recently, and, and not everybody understands what I'm trying to say with this, but if you ask me, MJF is the biggest fucking baby face in the world after cutting that promo, because there's so many of us that can relate to that in our daily lives. At my shoot job, you know, I, I've, I've talked a little bit on here before about how I'm a video game tester. I've been a video game tester for almost 10 years, and my position in, in the industry hasn't really really changed much. While yes, since I have changed companies, I make more money, substantially more money than I used to. I am not very happy with my personal title and I've watched other people in other departments come in from different companies that had, you know, a decade of experience in whatever other company come in and get these huge promotions right out of the gate seemingly after being with the company only for a couple of months. And and I sit there and go, "What the fuck? Like I've been here. I have been performing at a high level." here for years this guy fucking shows up he did all of his work for somebody else and we're already fucking making this guy a a, a manager what the fuck is going on and that's something that everybody can relate to so whenever i hear this promo and i see the fire in this guy's eyes to me that's a baby face look all of us want more money Let's face facts. In this fucking economy, we all are trying to get some more money. And there's a lot of us that are not happy with our own positions on our respective cards. And I completely get it. And it's one of those things that I really hope they know what they're doing with this. You know, I I trust MJF because, like I mentioned, whenever he said that he always comes out there and hits Grand Slams, that's true. It's absolutely true. He always comes out and hits grand slams. So if this story is left in his hands, I'm sure that it's going to end very well. I don't know how much I trust Tony Khan. I'm going to be honest with you guys. He, uh, I watched the media scrum after after Double or Another. I didn't watch all of it because it was way too fucking long, but I watched a bit of it, and Tony Khan is just a little too hair-triggered, if you ask me. Like, he... He needs to take a fucking step back and reevaluate some things, if you ask me. Like him, just like somebody brought up Eric Bischoff had had some criticisms about the, the ratings or some other shit. And fucking Tony Khan just went off. And it was kind of unbecoming of the the president of such a huge promotion. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that I, I really feel like he needs to he needs to reevaluate some shit and and he needs to think before he speaks because like I said, he's a little hair triggered. And in this situation, clearly, you know, him and MJF are working together, so they're at least comfortable enough doing that. It's very possible that he's still not very fucking happy with Max. And if that's the case, he might try to make Max go out there and purposely make him look like a dick. Even though a lot of us know that that's probably not where this story needs to go. Who knows how vindictive Tony will be in this whole thing. And the fact that, like I said earlier, the fact that we're even talking about this right now. The fact that I'm even bothering to fantasy book this angle means that it's already working. Means that the interest is already there. We all have our ideas on what should happen next. And if anything, I can tell you more promotions need to do this. What we got to watch now, what we've got to worry about next is what is the follow through. You know, it's once you get everybody's attention, that's the easy part. You know, doing something like this, you've just got to wait for a few pieces to fall in place. That's all you got to do. And that's exactly what happened. We had a perfect storm that culminated in this MJF promo. Now you've got to follow through. And if you ask me, 
what I think should happen is once we get this AEW title picture figured out, which it's I'm fucking sticking by my guns big time. I said that Hangman should have retained. And I still totally feel that way because CM Punk, come to find out he's hurt. I don't know if he got hurt in that match or if he got hurt afterwards, whatever happened. But he is going to be on the shelf for a little while while he gets surgery. And we're going to have an interim champion, which, yeah, sure, that always works out well. But I think that MJF needs to insert himself into that picture. And he needs to establish himself as the biggest baby face in this promotion and once he gets a hold of that belt we have this huge baby face coronation for mjf this whole huge career turnaround and then once he gets that belt just gets in the camera like psych motherfucker and then we find out that he's this whole thing was just a ploy to get the belt and he's still a fucking piece of shit still the same piece of shit that we saw years ago that's what i want that's personally what i want to see out of this feud i would love to know what you guys want to see out of this feud send me an email to main event heat at yahoo.com fantasy book this mjf versus aew feud because this is it's we haven't had a talking point in professional wrestling quite like this for a very long time and i am interested to hear what other people's takes are because this can go in so many different directions obviously i've got my opinions obviously i i have my idea on what they should do i want to know what other people are thinking so yeah hit me up at main event heat at yahoo.com also make sure to send in any other questions that you've got because hopefully we'll be doing another q a episode here in the next couple of weeks Outside of all of that, as far as my own personal professional wrestling journey goes, I was in Lariato Pro last night doing their Heat Wave show. We had a lot of big stars on the show. We had uh, Adam Schur, formerly known as Braun Strowman, EC3, the Zombie Princess, Jimmy Jacobs, Heath from Impact, and all of everybody's favorite Lariato stars were also in the building it was it was a very fun show and it was actually pretty challenging for me because Bob Keller who is you know I talked about Bob a lot earlier he is normally the the lead announcer at the commentary booth Bob had to stay in the back and work the music because we were pretty shorthanded on production people last night so me and Brett Wolverton did commentary together just the two of us Brett also is our lead ring announcer so he had to get in the ring Every match, or we had a couple of matches where he didn't have to do it because we had a guest ring announcer come in, but but Brett had to get in the ring and, and do those introductions, so whenever he was doing that, I was the guy out there setting up the matches, and that was that was a big challenge for me. This is, you know, I've done this before. I do, I've, I do this with IWN. I have done commentary by myself for them. I've done commentary by myself for, for WrestleForce, but Lariato's a big deal. You know, this is on Impact Plus, and I recently noticed the amount of people that watch those shows it's a lot of fucking people it really is there has been a lot of people that have seen me do commentary a lot more than i i realized and yeah it was it was a such a huge night for me a huge night for larry Otto. we we you know i'm not going to go into too many details you guys got to wait for the episode to come out but there may or may not be some new champions in that company there may or may not be some new storylines getting set up there may or may not have been one of the biggest heel to babyface changes I've ever seen in my fucking life. But uh, check that out, you know. And if you haven't seen any of the other Lariato Pro episodes on Impact Plus, go check them out. Just find the the indie section on Impact Plus. Look at Lariato Pro. It's one of 
the very few indie promotions that are actually on that app. And we've got plenty of episodes to choose from. My very first episode was episode seven. I've been on there ever since then. And yeah, absolutely huge night in, in Dublin, Georgia this weekend. I had a blast. Another huge crowd. I don't know the exact number, but it was definitely over 500 people for sure. And of course, I'm going to be back with IWN in a couple of weeks at the Underground Fight Factory in Hampton, Georgia. I, I hated that there was overlap this weekend and I had to choose one because I was going to do IWN because I figured I started with them recently. They're they're really putting that 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 broadcast team, all of the broadcasting elements of that show are really being put on my back and I felt I felt bad about missing it. I gave plenty of notice and everything, gave them enough time to, to figure out a game plan, but it definitely I, I wasn't a fan of having a back out of it. So I really hope that there isn't going to be that much overlap in the future. But I can tell you right now, I think I did make a good choice by going to that Larry Otto show because it, it was an absolute blast. But yep, I'll be back with IWN in just a couple of weeks. That will be June 18th, Hampton, Georgia at the Underground Fight Factory. Of course, like I said recently, we announced such a huge show coming up July 23rd. That's going to be in Thomaston, Georgia at the Civic Center. Road dog Jesse James is going to be sitting in on commentary with me. We have so many other huge stars of professional wrestling that are going to be there. Tommy Dreamer. Johnny Swinger, Buff Bagwell, so many other huge stars from the industry that are going to be there. That's going to be great. July 23rd, Thomaston, Georgia at the Civic Center. And outside of that, I think the only show I've really got on my plate right now is Lariata will be running again later in the month of June. I believe it's going to be Friday, June 24th. We're going to be running a charity show in Dublin, Georgia. I, at this moment in time, am planning to be there. I do not know at what capacity I will be there, but this is going to be, I think it's going to be at the local Dairy Queen from what I understand. I think that's what the poster said at least. So that's uh, that's going to be an interesting show, but it is a charity show and I, I highly recommend anybody in the Dublin, Georgia area to go check that out on June 24th. Because Lariato is always a good time, and Dublin, Georgia always treats us well. The shows have just been getting better and better. You know, back in March, we had the Rock and Roll Express versus the Good Brothers, the first sold-out crowd I think I've ever worked in front of. And then we had another one just this weekend, and yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I'm proud to call Lariato home, and I love working in Dublin, Georgia a lot. Those fans always show up, and they show out every single night. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Main Event Heat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Like I said, we have got a Q&A episode coming up probably in the next two weeks. Make sure to submit your questions to maineventheat at yahoo.com, or if you would rather send them to to me on social media, you can do so by going to Instagram and or Twitter and finding at Sweet Sexy Rob. Make sure to follow me while you're there. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by picking up a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers. And once again, thanks for hanging out. (laughs) 